welcome to a new episode of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I'm your host, Ellen Wasselina. This is a new episode around the French-Turkish dialogue in cooperation in the Eastern Mediterranean. I'm so pleased to have as my guest, Professor Dr. Vishne Kokmaz, who is Professor of International Relations at Nisantazi University. She is Vice Director of a Research Center, CEMES, C-E-M-E-S, Center of Mediterranean Security. Professor Dr. Kokmaz has also given lectures at the National Defense University of the Turkish Republic on current affairs and regional security issues in the Middle East, Russia, Caucasus, and the national security strategies of Turkey. Her research interests cover international relation theories, foreign policy theories, regional security, security issues, Russian, American, and Turkish foreign policy. She is the author of several books and has published several scholarly papers, chapters, and articles on these issues, including a newly launched contribution in the edited books of Nershin Guni, New Geopolitical Realities for Russia, from the Black Sea to the Mediterranean, Lexington Publishers, September 2019, and Banafshe Kenush, Iran's Interregional Dynamics in the Near East, Peter Lang Publications, April 2021. Her recent analysis, which is entitled Waiting for the Biden Administration, Can We Accept a Change in EU-Russia Relations, was published by CETA Brussels. She's also a columnist at Yeni Birlik and gives comments on international and foreign policy developments on a regular basis to national TV and radio news channels. I do hope you'll enjoy this new episode. Welcome to a new episode of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I'm so pleased to be joined by Vishne Korkmaz this morning from Istanbul. Good morning, Vishne. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Oh, I'm so I'm so pleased to see you and talk to you this morning. I'm I'm so glad that you accepted to join me this morning. How are you? Thank you. It is pleasure for me. Um, and, uh, I'm always excited to talk with you on the geopolitical oh. issues. Uh, yes. uh, we both uh, have an interest in it. Uh, so thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you uh, oh. for your kind invitation. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. I know how busy you are. So before we start on this first segment, which is, um, of course, entitled um, post-NATO, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to give some analysis, you and I, post-NATO summit analysis for the NATO 2030 summit that just happened um, recently. Um, I'd like to just take some news from you in Istanbul and, and how are the fires and how, how is COVID affecting Turkey today, Vishne? Uh, okay. 
Sure. Um, as you know, I mean, we uh, maybe not just uh, as a human being from Istanbul, but also uh, as a member of global community, I mean, uh, a human being, we are passing uh, very hard times. Uh, wildfires uh, created a great impact uh, over us. Uh, thank God. Uh, they are under control mostly. Good. Uh, to hear that. Yes, yes. Um, uh, comparing to the situation in Greece, we uh, observing uh, the situation very uh, with worries and anxious. Uh, um, comparing to the situation in Algeria, uh, Siberia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you uh, mentioned one of uh, in our uh, previous talks. California. I mean, yes. uh, now the situation in Turkey is mainly under control. Uh, exactly. Civil society and uh, state authorities worked very hard. Uh, they collaborated. Uh, they collaborated to put the control over the fires. Uh, of course, certain uh, discussions, debates, I mean, uh, frustrations, enthusiasms, I mean, all these uh, sentiments emerge because it is a kind of crisis. But uh, at the end, I am uh, very uh, happy to see what I am happy to see the rain. Uh, rain came at the, in yeah, the midst of Yeah, that was a August. godsend, really. Godsend, yes. It is a gift <laughs> of God. Uh, in the midst of August, at the southern uh, part of Turkey, uh, today yeah. it came uh, and it helped a lot, uh, actually. And I'm, I'm uh, very happy to see how uh, the dialogue between um, uh, authorities and uh, civil society happened. Of course, it is not a smooth dialogue, it is tensious dialogue, and it's very normal because uh, during the crisis, uh, people try to, from both sides, uh, from bureaucracy and from the uh, civil society, try to handle the situation. Uh, and it is, it is, you know, uh, from France or Spain or from Euro Europe, uh, we are in the midst of tourism season. So uh, it's yes. also there are many tourists on the area. Yes. Uh, yes. So uh, I am happy to see that now uh, this dialogue uh, happened uh, in a smooth way. Uh, so uh, it created, I mean, we try to uh, heal the, uh, you know, the damages. Um, sure. But uh, in Turkey now, uh, there is uh, a huge campaign about the regeneration of the forests, okay? And oh, yes. uh, I, I uh, observe a huge participation from all the big firms, um, uh, schools, universities, uh, companies, uh, almost every ministries, um, 
uh, actually uh, donated uh, uh, even the neighbors from Azerbaijan, for example. I uh, read today the news, uh, all the uh, big companies from Azerbaijan and from some other neighboring countries donated uh, 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 the new uh, the new uh, trees uh, for the regeneration oh, nice. of forests. Yes. Um, and one thing maybe we should think about, apart from all these climate change things now, it is part of our life and maybe all our security or securitization talks uh, have to be changed because of this uh, impact of climate change, uh, because it's created an impact in our internal uh, relations between bureaucracy, civil society, uh, it created an impact uh, uh, over the uh, uh, relations between neighboring countries because, you know, yes. uh, at the same time in the different parts of uh, Mediterranean region, I forgot Lebanon, name of Lebanon, Lebanon also yes. under the yes. fire. And we have all, all this, uh, uh, it became a regional problem and it created, a, it, it uh, proved that uh, there is a need of creating a regional, uh, maybe, uh, coping mechanism, a regional uh, cooperation and governance mechanism against this kind kind of regional threats. I remember uh, an example of it from the Southeast uh, Asia, ASEAN region, maybe uh, you uh, remember also uh, in ASEAN, in the, in the beginning of ASEAN, creation of ASEAN, these fires, I mean, regional fires uh, uh, became a triggering point because um, national um, coping or national uh, uh, struggle against this kind of crisis uh, cannot be enough to prevent the negative impact of this crisis. All the uh, countries in the in one region actually interlink to each other. Uh, we actually experience such kind of a negative and positive impact of regional management throughout the COVID crisis and now the forests, uh, wildfires. So uh, maybe again, we should think about what kind of win-win situation we can create through our dialogue and cooperation on this. I don't want to use soft issues, but uh, still we use uh, this term in in IR uh, literature uh, on these soft issues. Uh, we need this kind of uh, cooperation mechanism and common uh, or collective capabilities to fight uh, this type of soft crisis issues because soft crisis issues uh, will not uh, soft anymore. They will eventually uh, create an impact in our internal and uh, external relations and internal and external, uh, you know, um, uh, strength and calmness of nations. Uh, so uh, in Turkey, uh, we have a saying, we say one bad event is uh, better than uh, nothing. 
Uh, because it makes you <gülüyor> bir, e, bir müsibet bir nasihattan iyidir. One bad event is better than uh, uh, one thousand good uh, intentions or good uh, wow. uh, yeah this this type of saying um, I mean it means that one bad experience sure. make you learn about make you think about uh, the actual situation more than expectations more than intentions or more than all good uh, hopes etc etc so um, it is better uh, I, I, I am hope that uh, the situation will uh, be better in our neighbors also in uh, our region also and then we have to think about this uh, regional coping mechanisms the regional um, improvement mechanisms uh, about uh, struggling this type of crisis so this leads me perfectly to to the covid crisis because This is one, as you know, that we're being challenged by as well. And thank you so much for that that lovely introduction, because it will make a nice segue into, first of all, we'll spend some time on COVID because it's affecting all of us, right? Um, yes. And, and, and thank you for, for giving us some news from Turkey and how the fires are doing and how civil society is working together with government and you're managing to, you know, uh, to, to, you know, take care of the situation yes. there in southern Turkey. Yeah. So now let's let's before we get into our NATO discussion, because this is all related, you know, for the first time climate change <laughs> yes. came up on the NATO agenda. So we're sort of going maybe a little bit backwards around it, but we're still touching some main issues. So if I could get your impressions and if you could give us uh, some news about how the COVID situation is affecting Turkey before we get into our NATO discussion. Yes. Uh, I mean, the story is uh, almost, I mean, uh, Better, better or worse uh, is uh, almost same everywhere. Um, uh, um, now the situation again is, it seems to uh, under control if we compare it to the other parts of the uh, globe. Uh, we don't have black holes at least now uh, in uh, COVID-wise. Uh, vaccination, I mean, speed of vaccination, pace of vaccination is getting better and better. Uh, we have, yeah, uh, we have uh, um, now uh, seem to uh, have strong, um, you know, uh, uh, vaccination uh, uh, line, I mean, uh, uh, production to uh, consumption line. Um, but uh, this one and a half year uh, was not an easy uh, year for all of us. For no one. I think it tested all of us, you know, and, yeah. and I'll go back to just what you were saying. It, it was it was what we say in French. We say c'est une chance. It, it was an opportunity. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And and to rethink things. So please go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, we rethink the, uh, all these process. Uh, of course, we uh, compare uh, uh, the management of the COVID crisis. I don't uh, 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 mention just. Uh, I don't. I don't mean just the bureaucratic management, uh, just governmental management. Uh, I mean, I mean all the as management of the situation as human being, as a professional. Uh, we are writing uh, 
all this uh, process uh, what was the private sector but how the private sector deal with the situation how the uh, public sector deal with the situation uh, how our health system deal with situation um, so we calculate all the things and the, we look the uh, the price and the merits of the uh, uh, situation. The merit is uh, clear in Turkey. Our health system uh, has been working, uh, has been functioning very well. That's good. Uh, 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 we we uh, actually priced uh, both the humanitarian and professional efforts of uh doctors all the health staff uh, i mean uh, the the uh, working personnel in the health sector plus uh, mm-hmm. uh, turkey experienced a kind of health reform uh, during the uh, last 10 or 15 years and it's uh, paid well it's paid oh, well yes but of course uh, i mean as uh, in the whole of, I mean, COVID-19 uh, crisis created a kind of stagnation and we try to get uh, uh, on uh, our uh, knees again and uh, this is a new experience. Uh, the uh, good thing, vaccination is getting uh, faster and faster. Um, uh, Minister of Health, I mean, announced the numbers very clearly. As I said, we don't have any black holes, uh, but uh, but uh, we still we still wear masks, and there is no problem comparing to France and uh, United States. I uh, follow the news from the channels yeah. and newspapers. I mean, uh, in Turkey, we don't have such kind of problem related to wearing masks everybody Wonderful. at the outside uh, wearing masks of course uh and the uh, yeah and the good uh you know and uh, the good uh, weather conditions <laughs> it will be difficult <laughs> for everybody but uh, yeah, everybody will try uh, their best uh, in the next uh, uh, a uh, few months, few weeks, uh, I hope not the years, but um, still we are uh, not uh, only uh, as a person in Turkey, but uh, as I said, it's a global and regional problem. Um, uh, we are uh, passing, we are walking on a foggy street. We don't know what the uh, Delta variant or the other variants uh, will bring on the oh, table. No. And this, I mean, uh, please, um, uh, it's a chance for me to add uh, something uh, here. These uh, variations in the COVID-19 crisis uh, uh, brought the issue of protectionism on the table, I think. Uh, yes. Because uh, be- because uh, many countries, uh, especially the rich and the uh, vaccine producers, uh, yes. uh, actors, uh, use protectionism as the first measure against this uh, global pandemic. Uh, it can be understandable uh, because uh, 
when we have no uh, vaccination or when we have no I mean um, clear path from this uh, crisis it can be understandable totally this reaction but now all these variations prove us that uh, it is not a simple solution no. uh, we cannot right. protect our country our society just vaccinated our society and put the walls uh, around uh, yeah it's not the enough country. Yeah. it is not enough look to the uh, situation in us united kingdom israel they declared the victory and almost yeah. two weeks after their declaration and uh, <laughs> yes the pace of events changed uh, radically so this uh, again uh, uh, in terms of bad fires we talk about we mentioned uh, the necessity of uh, regional uh, governance mechanism and new thinking about it and uh, this i mean all these vaccination team covid uh, 19 crisis and i don't w- want to mention again return back to uh, again the bad experience of the some countries about the mask wars etc or vaccine wars sure. but apart from this i mean all this bad experience and uh, wrong behaviors let's say apart from this given the good behaviors or the protection of our society throughout all these measures uh, uh, now I, I think it is clear that they uh, will not bring the ultimate solution uh, for us uh, uh, in this crisis so we think about again uh, the uh, uh, spread of vaccination globally uh, to the uh, more uh, to the more niche nations, to the actors who have no chance or uh, economic wealth to uh, produce uh, such kind of uh, vaccines. Um, uh, Turkey actually announced that uh, uh, Ankara has intention to share. Uh, this the knowledge of Turkish produced uh, vaccination. It is under the uh, phase three, phase three uh, trials now. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we will uh, uh, expect that uh, on September or the end of September, it uh, will be ready for the mass production. Uh, we will see, of course. Uh, but uh, I mean, it is just uh, one of the. Ex- Example uh, or the intention, but we uh, have to think about this protectionism and the failure of protectionism in this sense. Uh, without uh, vaccination of Africa, without vaccination of Latin America, without vaccination of right. Asia, we will not solve this situation. Uh, no, just as no, transatlantic right. countries or West, uh, this is not the solution. We, we really saw a divide, didn't we? And this is a perfect uh, transition then to our subject of this first segment then, uh, you know, and, and, and really takes us into some of the details. And I really thank you for spending some time on those very important details, be it climate, or as I said earlier, is the yeah. first time it came up on the NATO agenda. And then the sanitary crisis, which of course is something we cannot ignore. And where we saw a real 
uh, wealth divide. Uh, and of course, this COVID yeah. crisis has impacted and shown how how divided we really are, especially as you yeah. explained, uh, there's like a two tier, three tier, you know, yeah. division on who can produce the vaccines, who can get the vaccines. And so uh, there, there's no work to do. It's a real yeah. security issue, isn't yeah. it? Because what you yeah. have done is you've touched on climate security, you've touched on health security, and now we're going to go to something uh, which is, of course, uh, you know, inherent in this this NATO organization, this transatlantic uh, uh, treaty uh, security organization, which includes all of these things. So important that you were talking. I thank you for that beautiful introduction. So, so we saw now, um, and and you you brought up a lot of interesting points. But I have to ask you a few questions, you know, uh, about this yeah. NATO summit and NATO. This is this is this is a Paris uh, Istanbul dialogue that we're doing here this morning. I'm so grateful for your time again. So, um, how did you see? <laughs> thank you. How, how did you see this uh, this NATO summit? And I've, I've submitted a couple of questions to you. So, was this really a family reunion uh, between the nations, the member nations? Uh, and then the second question, I'll just put them out there very quickly, and then we can go back sure. just so our audience can can listen to what the subjects are. And, and did the allies really, the NATO allies then really line up uh, around or behind the US or do they want to counter them and, and maybe declare their autonomy? We've been hearing a lot about strategic autonomy. And then uh, finally, uh, who, who is the enemy? Uh, is it China? Uh, because you know, in some of these security or defense organizations, there, there is an enemy somewhere. Uh, and, and then finally, a very just just a simple question. Maybe you want to start with that. I don't know. Does Turkey prefer Trump or Biden? <laughs> Did you want to start? Yeah. Sure, sorry. Uh, there is some uh, connection problem. <laughs> yeah. And now I no think, worries. Uh, no worries. Everything is okay. Uh, NATO summit, Brazil summit. Yeah, uh, I think it's an important summit. It was an important summit. Uh, why? Because uh, we know uh, that the transatlantic community has had faced with. Uh, many challenges uh, during the last uh, couple of years uh, and more than these challenges, more important than these challenges, uh, transatlantic community faced with the difficulty of uh, internal divisions. Uh, members of transatlantic community that we came from European Union, I mean, we have uh, United Kingdom now, apart from EU, yes. uh, US, Brexit. so we, yeah, yeah Brexit, so we, we uh, have at least uh, four-party relations. I mean, we have uh, non-EU members. We have U UK. I mean, uh, as a, yeah. uh, yes, she has special position. She experienced EU. She uh, left EU and uh, yeah. she continued. <laughs> she she declared uh, she is a global actor now. She has expectations related to Indo uh, Indo Pacific assets, but she is. Uh, still uh, sending uh, some capabilities to Black Sea. So uh, yeah. <laughs> she has. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
we have uh, uh, US. I mean, uh, so all these internal divisions we experience at the face of uh, assertive powers because uh, we know that uh, Russia and China, in economic sense, uh, emerge as assertive powers during the uh, last, again, last uh, two decades, let's say, since 2000s. Uh, step by step and Trump created a situation how we can summarize uh, uh, either burden share or die yeah it's a kind of new <laughs> dilemma of, uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> either pay or die and so uh, uh, it created uh, again a kind of shock for the uh, most of the uh, NATO members. Why? Because what, was it a wake-up call? In your opinion, Mishde, uh, was it a wake-up call? It was. It. I don't think it was a, a wake-up call. Why? Because uh, maybe the operation in Kosovo or Bosnia was wake-up call, yeah. and the actually Europeans. Yeah. I think Europeans were not stupid. I mean, they they. Uh, heard these wake-up calls, they heard the alarms, uh, they uh, uh, maybe uh, like all the Western community, they ignore some capabilities of Russia or they uh, want to ignore some capabilities of China, but they were not stupid. Uh, for a while, uh, they tried to uh, reach uh, what we can see the uh, what we can say um, uh, um, uh, strategic autonomy. Um, right. We uh, know the European Union story uh, about it. Uh, Europeans try hard to reach certain capabilities. They declared, for example. Uh, uh, defense budget, which is very important step for European Union. Yeah. Um, they yes. uh, try to uh, make investment in uh, especially research area in terms of uh, security and defense sectors. Um, uh, they uh, uh, announce their expectations uh, related to uh, defense and security capabilities in their strategic compass, yes. And they all yes. actually uh, are very important steps for European Union members and European Union. But uh, they have also difficulties and challenges and limitations. We should admit that they have limitations in terms of right. financial wise, in terms of political wise, uh, in terms of uh, human resources. Was, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, in security Certainly. sector, soldiers, soldiers, uh, weapons. Yes, they have weapons, but usually uh, they. Um, use these weapons as uh, to make uh, European Union or European Union member states as actor in uh, arms trade or arm. But I mean, in terms of strategic um, autonomy, if we think the neighboring area, Black Sea, Mediterranean, 
I mean, oceans, I mean, near and uh, beyond the near uh, neighboring area. Uh, Euro- European Union uh, is uh, suffering lack of soldiers, lack of money, lack of uh, weapons. So, I mean, uh, three key points for the uh, strategic capabilities to reach strategic autonomy. Um, and uh, I am not uh, want to exaggerate the situation. Of course, I know the capabilities of, I mean, the potential capabilities of European Union. But after 2004, the great uh, uh, expansion of the Union, I, mean, uh, I also know the divisions right. within the Union. So uh, even uh, we can yes. observe these divisions on very important issues, very important but soft issues. Right. I mean, uh, 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 in European Parliament and um, all this I mean this bureaucratic I mean I understand this is spirit this this bureaucracy is part of the spirit of European Union this democratic experience is part of spirit of European Union this talk 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 is part of European Union experience (laughs) I understand all this point and I uh, respect it yeah it's a different experience definitely but 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 at the end beyond i mean before at the end at the face of this assertive power challenges uh, now we uh, mentioned uh, in terms of nato transatlantic community russia and china but challenges can be verified okay uh, and among i mean among all these challenges how these uh, divisions i mean uh, inability to decide uh, can uh, pave the way for European Union to uh, advance uh, in uh, its own uh, uh, ambitions, uh, I have difficulty to understand, to grasp it. It is why the hmm. transatlantic community and the deterrence uh, and the US deterrence in, under the NATO umbrella uh, became important for the old members of transatlantic community. Uh, it is also important for Turkey, but there is a difference here. Uh, Turkey, uh, it is not 10 years story. It is not 15 years story. It is not related to just the government or today's administration. It is related to post-Cold War situation. In 90s, Turkey uh, looked around, looked at the neighborhood, uh, observed what happened in Iraq. Uh, how uh, what, or what uh, did the US succeed or fail? Uh, and as a result of this resume, uh, she took a lesson related to her neighborhood. And she decided, Ankara decided, even in the 90s, uh, to handle, to manage security risks in the post-Cold War era. Ankara decided to have strategic autonomy. Strategic autonomy is not a, I mean, you are uh, in Paris, so you know strategic autonomy is the whole story of the security culture of France. I mean, uh, so uh, it is not an easy thing. It needs uh, investment, it needs dedication, it needs political will, it needs. um, 
all those things. Right? Yeah, it need it needs. I mean, society, state coherence at that point. Uh, it needs elite coherence at that. Yeah, I mean, many difficult, and it needs money. And in two thousands, yeah. because of yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, foremost, it needs money. It needs a budget, money. right? And Women and like you rightly say, it needs first. Yeah, first of all, it needs a political will, then it needs a budget, yeah. right? To to follow through on these ambitions. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So in two thousands, because of the, I mean, in Turkey in two thousands, we all talk about and write about trade peace. I mean, like Dord. Okay, we we write uh, many things because uh, at that time regional trade uh, functioned uh, and. Uh, Uh, work like uh, to create a network uh, and Turkey as a as a triggering point and as a hub of these trade relations uh, succeeded to accumulate capital and she had political will because of the uh, nightmares uh, around Turkey since 90s uh, because of uh, the real situation related to terrorism terrorism and trade of terrorism uh, both inside and the outside of Turkey but targeting Turkey uh, and uh, because of this um uh, Uh, political will. Uh, maybe we, uh, I should start the political will story of Turkey uh, from 70s because of the Cyprus issue. In Cyprus, yes, yes. Uh, in Cyprus, Turkey uh, could not receive uh, any assistance from uh, NATO members, from United States. And as a result, with its own capabilities, she had to uh, use her own uh, uh, devices, her own uh, instruments to uh, provide security for the Turkish Cypriots and Turkey, of course. So it's a long story uh, related to political will, related <laughs> to uh, decisions. Every state has such kind of experiences, of course, but uh, not all experiences, uh, I mean, you, you know, not all, uh, all experience that uh, uh, paved the way for the uh, same thing. I mean, in Turkey, from 70s, to 90s uh, and then from 90s to 2000s uh, in terms of uh, military bureaucracy within military bureaucracy within political bureaucracy within uh, society uh, there uh, emerged a wish for being a, a strategically autonomous state strategically autonomous actor in such kind of neighborhood and Turkey in 2000s uh, till 2010-2014 all these uh, post-Arab uh, spring uh, events uh, uh, created a kind of turmoil in the region till that point uh, Turkey also uh, succeeded to accumulate capital to trigger all these um, uh, 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 new investments and as a result now Turkey 
felt that it is uh, it is both a reality and a grant because uh, the reality uh, underlined that Turkey has human capital, has uh, certain certain not all but certain uh, military capabilities and political will uh, to uh, to to. Uh, to deter certain kind of threats against Turkey. This is a feeling and this makes Turkey more confident about its about this new political geopolitical environment. Maybe this is the uh, difference between Turkey and European Union. European Union as a result of expansion, I mean it's it's a bureaucratic and uh, I mean even a geographical giant, but it uh, made uh, it made the things uh, more difficult in terms of accumulating political will and money to uh, give the strategic direction to the union. So deterrence, uh, American deterrence under NATO uh, is. Uh, very important for the transatlantic community members. Uh, but now we can uh, more easily understand the differences between different members of transatlantic community. They are not the same and the bargaining is not the same, US versus the others. We have sure. more, uh, more uh, complex picture now. But by the visit first to European capitals, then uh, Brazil for NATO summit uh, is very uh, was very important for um, uh, because of two things I think the first one is related to giving assurance to European members of uh, transatlantic community including United Kingdom I mean this picture I mean we are together and we mm-hmm. uh, 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 we are ready to face with the challenges and they name the challenges uh, you uh, yes. mentioned in your question whether it is China or not China uh, is a problem for USA and will be a problem for the USA uh, because of this uh, Pacific balance I mean Yes, she is not the economic problem only. She is not the economic challenge only. I believe that she is, maybe not now, but she is a, a assertive, militarily, even militarily assertive actor yes. in Pacific, and she yes. uh, can pose a great challenge to USA. This does not mean US retreat, Chinese rise. It is more complex than that. China can China can create cost, security and financial cost to US in Pacific. In the US uh, area where US uh, felt itself as hegemonic power. It it is an important challenge. But for Europe for transatlantic community, uh, European members uh, is not uh, European members are not uh, at the same position uh, um, uh, like US uh, at the pace of China. Uh, they felt Russia as the main challenge. Uh, That's to, true. Uh, I agree to, with you. 
to uh, European, I mean, continent. And this challenge again, uh, I want to, uh, I, I don't want to uh, repeat myself, but this challenge is not a simple one. Yes, Russians has capacities and will to use these capacities uh, if you try to um, uh, draw a red line to Russia. Okay, we, we experienced it in 2021 uh, Crimean crisis. I think it, it was very really important crisis because both sides, Biden administration and uh, Russians, tested to each other uh, in mm -hmm. the Black Sea uh, yes. and uh, maybe uh, US tried to I mean, declare a red line for Russia. I mean, uh, Nushin always, uh, Nushin, uh, you also know, uh, Professor Guinea used also the metaphor of Yalta or Postam. I mean, the old, yes. uh, yes. this kind of red lines. Uh, I mean, uh, maybe uh, Biden administration, I felt that Biden administration tried to use this crisis to uh, create such kind of a red line for Russia. I mean, uh, don't cross this red line. But Russia proved that it is not Crimea. Uh, the, the red line, I mean, uh, putting a, a situation, uh, putting a red line on Crimea, uh, Russia uh, uh, gave signal that uh, she uh, will uh, create a cause, she will fight uh, for it. So uh, from that point, I mean, uh, everything, I mean, uh, uh, turned to uh, the old balance of power uh, game. Nevertheless, and, what and and, and Vishay, and, and that's where I think we're going to end this first segment because yes. you're giving us so much information. Thank you so much. You know, we have the second segment coming up, which is going to take us more uh, to the Mediterranean region. But I'm so glad you ended on the Black Sea because that was an important aspect, too. Uh, as you know, uh, I recently did a podcast, uh, The Black Sea, A Black Hole with General Ben Hodges, which was extremely interested. And that's why I wanted to stop on that note, if you don't mind. Um, thank you so much for joining me in this first segment. I'll see you back in the second segment. Thank you. Thank you. Um back with Dr. Vishne Kokmaz in segment two, Geopolitical Realities in the Eastern Med. Now, Vishne, I know you wanted to make another point from our first segment, yep. please. Yes, uh, so uh, we already mentioned that uh, the picture uh, I've been giving in uh, Brazil Summit, the Brazil spirit uh, in which uh, you uh, actually described very well reunion of European Union members, EU members, European uh, Europeans and the US uh, was very important. Uh, it was very important political message towards the, all the challenges. But the yes. second, the second, yeah, because uh, the escalation, the crisis, all the red lines 
didn't uh, actually work, but the political message I think heard from Moscow or Beijing. Uh, so okay. the challengers, yeah, challengers understood that uh, still NATO is NATO, and yeah. uh, and also uh, please uh, remember that this NATO summit uh, was um, uh, a step in the uh, a long path to uh, the revisionization of NATO vision in 2030, 35. Yes. I mean, uh, it, is, it is the one step of the long path of new NATO. So uh, starting with uh, strengthening of NATO deterrence and assurances and uh, confidence within NATO uh, by facing uh, with these challenges is an important political message and assurance. About NATO deterrence, we will, uh, I mean, uh, we are pretty sure that NATO deterrence uh, is a strong one, but we don't be sure about NATO assurances and this uh, uh, Brazil summit or Brazil spirit uh, was important from that point and it is also related to from that point it's also related to NATO Turkey relations because um, that was my next my next point was how did we get you know to Turkey and how yeah. did Turkey react uh, and how did the, the, the Turkish public uh, because there's also opinion that matters too right and support uh, for yeah. Turkey and NATO? Uh, it's also important for all these tensions in Eastern Mediterranean. Of course, exactly. it is not just NATO, Turkey or uh, European members, Turkey tension, but uh, European Union, Turkey or European-Turkey relations uh, have been part of it for a long time. Um, so um, Turkey, uh, the the the, uh, the framework that I uh, try to uh, draw is also uh, valid for Turkey. Turkey uh, is aware of uh, essentiality and importance of NATO deterrence. Uh, from that point of view, actually. She, uh, Turkey, uh, share shares uh, NATO's trade perceptions. For example, uh, you know better than me the situation in Ukraine. So Turkey is one of the countries supporting territorial integrity of Ukraine, like the NATO and like. Yes. Uh, important NATO members. She never recognized annexation of Crimea. Uh, she uh, always uh, underlined importance of balance of power in the Black Sea. Means importance of balance of power between NATO members and uh, Russia and the non-NATO, uh, non-EU states of the Black Sea region. So uh, from this point of view, Turkey shares threat perceptions and uh, challenge perceptions or risk calculations of NATO. This is very important. Turkey believes yes, that yes. Uh, NATO deterrence is important and Turkey is one of the 
a precious member of transatlantic community. The problem uh, is not uh, related to the tourist part of the story. The problem is related to trust and assurance part of the story because Turkey faced with different and complex challenges coming from south and eastern part of the uh, Middle East and Mediterranean region. Uh, starting from 2011, maybe before that, just because uh, of Turkish decision to host a um, uh, missile defense system of NATO, uh, because it is, is uh, hosted in Turkey, part of part of it is uh, hosted in Turkey, uh, Kyrgyz, uh, Malatya, and uh, because of that, Turkey faced with uh, threats of some countries. I mean, uh, not maybe. Tehran uh, did not target Turkey, but Tehran uh, mentioned um, uh, posing some cost over NATO bases in the neighboring countries, which means Turkey. So, I mean, uh, hypothetically, uh, she was targeted because of just uh, these NATO capabilities in her territories. And apart from this hypothetical trade story, Turkey uh, was under missile attacks, whether it uh, came from uh, Syrian regime, Daesh, uh, PYD, PKK, uh, and uh, we know the uh, this agreement. I mean, essential, very, very important disagreement among some NATO members and Turkey about the uh, PKK or the associated uh, organizations of PKK, uh, which is a terrorist organization um, in Turkey. So, uh, I mean, because of all these challenges, Turkey felt that Turkey uh, standed as uh, a lonely power against all these threats. Uh, so uh, NATO assurances, uh, actually NATO failed to assure Turkey in this regard. Uh, that is why uh, this Brazil summit, I want to uh, uh, cut short uh, because it, it's a long story and we have to deal we'll with it. We'll have to do uh, another podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll, oh, we'll do another podcast. Ah, it, will be, it will be a pleasure for me always talking uh, with this is you. Wonderful. Uh, this always. is our first podcast, so I know, I know we have a lot to say to each other. So let's conclude on the NATO portion and yeah, let's yeah, move yeah. on to the Eastern let's Mediterranean. Co- let's <laughs> Concluded, uh, Brazil summit uh, was also important to uh, make certain assurances to Turkey. And uh, uh, these assurances, not only the picture that uh, leaders uh, given uh, to Turkey, uh, we are together picture, but it is also uh, within the uh, NATO decisions. I mean, the communique of NATO in uh, there, yes. uh, there uh, is uh, certain articles related to missile threats coming from south to Turkey, uh, and NATO uh, still commits to provide deterrence against it. This this was important, and this is why the Brazil summit as a whole, uh, provide a political message to our side world. 
okay, NATO, together with Turkey, together with Europeans, together with US, uh, together with United Kingdom, uh, is, uh, uh, still is NATO and still uh, committed to European security and defense. Uh, this is important. And coming to Eastern Mediterranean side of the yes. story. So let's look at, if I may, uh, sure. if I may, if I may lay, lay out some points for uh, for Please. our listeners, I have to mention, Vishne, that we are listened to. Mediterranean Sustainability Partners is listened to now in 37 countries and four continents. And I also want to thank our listeners, our francophone listeners, oh, because now we have, yeah, now we have, of course, I think seven or eight countries that are francophone countries. That means French-speaking oh, countries. So fantastic. I just want to give a shout out. Yeah, isn't that great? And of course, Turkey is one of our top 10 listeners, I might say, uh, of this oh. podcast. So we, we are so happy that you joined uh, joined us again today. So let's move on because we have so much to talk to. We haven't talked to each other for a while. This COVID pandemic prevented us for me from coming to Turkey yeah, and you coming yeah. to France. So yes, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> let's, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up again. But so now I want to talk about what you gave the certain wonderful, thank you so much for those uh, very complete explanations that many of us probably don't have uh, information on or access to. So now I want to move to the Eastern Mediterranean and this geopolitical contest, I'll just lay out a few points and then we'll discuss as we did in the first segment. So there's a geopolitical contest for Syria, Lebanon and Libya. Uh, Uh Turkey as a disruptor and a challenger of France to the old order. And then uh, Turkey's these are quotes that I'm taking from articles, of course, and I'd like you to react to them. Turkey, Turkey's hegemonic and expansive ambitions in the Eastern Mediterranean, which are at odds with France. And then, uh, of course, these new gas discoveries, uh, both as we talked about a little bit in the first segment, both in the Black Sea and in the Eastern Mediterranean. So there we have a full menu of items and we, of course, are, are short on okay. time, but. Uh, I'll see what we can do uh, in the second segment, please. Okay, uh, I start with the second, your second question, hegemonic, I mean, expansionist uh, ideas or the plans of ambitions, Turkey, yeah. ambitions yeah. of Turkey, yes. Um, I am not a constructivist one and I don't believe in identities actually and I believe in capabilities uh, and when I look to the capabilities I don't believe that um, uh, there is an actor in Eastern Mediterranean to be a hegemonic actor or to have hegemonic ambitions. Uh, if so, it's uh, it is uh, a wrong decision for the actor. I mean, uh, because being a hegemon in this part of uh, world, uh, for me, under these conditions, under these uh, power calculations, uh, is impossible because great powers there. I mean, US there, Russia there, and. I am not sure when uh, she will leave uh, Syria, uh, even she will uh, leave Libya or uh, Africa. We know that I mean the northern Africa is part of all the uh, African 
continent geopolitical wise yes. and uh, we know economically China okay left China uh, because it is uh, mainly economic player but Russia and US there so uh, how uh, the regional players can be hegemonic Anyway, it is impossible for France, it is impossible for Turkey, it is impossible, maybe uh, difficult to hurt, but it's impossible for Israel. You can, you can, you can have certain, um, let's say, rewards, geopolitical rewards. If you, if you uh, uh, put the play strategically uh, sound, you can reach certain rewards, but is not hegemony. Uh, unfortunately, this is the situation. And I think the uh, the, the, the real story uh, on the ground since 2011 uh, proved my point. Uh, we have a complex and uh, very crowded region. Even Gulf players, because they have capabilities now, they uh, accumulated capital, they uh, invested in security and defense sectors, dif- different from, uh, differently from each other, but they invested in. They came to uh, Eastern Mediterranean throughout uh, partnerships, either by partnerships or throughout uh, another way. It uh, doesn't matter. Uh, we have Gulf states there, we have uh, European players and not just France, we have Spain, we have Italy, we have uh, Greece, uh, etc. Uh, we have Turkey, of course. Yes, Egypt lost lots, I mean, lost uh, capabilities and um, I mean, uh, the status, but still Egypt is Egypt. So we have regional players, we have rising actors and we have, we have declining actors. Turkey is among the rising actors. Israel, Iran, um, Gulf actors uh, are rising uh, actors. Europeans, yes, they have potential, but they have also limitations because of the same limitations we already mentioned in the first segment of the yes. uh, this uh, broadcast. At the end, uh, I think uh, ha- uh, having a hegemonic status is a good but old, uh, let's say, dream of the actors. And uh, Turkey, at least for a while, I mean, from the 2016, I can say uh, definitely because in Turkey, Turkey in 2016 uh, changed its own defense doctrine and she adapted a more offensive uh, defense strategy. Uh, but mm-hmm. the major aim of this offense is the defense of the uh, Turkey's rights uh, deriving from international law and Turkish sovereignty and security. So even the offensive strategy has certain limitations in terms of political objective of this strategy. And she is capable actor uh, in terms of area uh, uh, denial capabilities, as uh, we know, uh, despite of uh, this. So since 2016, I think Turkey uh, adapted more a role of uh, balance holder. Uh, 
or uh, balance keeper. Uh, because okay. balance of power in Eastern Mediterranean is uh, also uh, a, a instrument of uh, providing security of uh, uh, Turkey in the region. Uh, of course, balance of power can pay uh, with the conflicts and regional competition. I don't want to uh, draw the picture of peaceful relations. We know that uh, the actors uh, are not in this position, but the actors are not in the position either. Uh, they are uh, they uh, actually uh, they could not succeed to um, get one actor out of play. There are losers, there are winners, but still all the actors in the same geopolitical play, no hegemonic power, no regional order, just the fluctuating, shifting, fragile balance of power. And that is why strategic autonomy is not the only and the balance holding. Uh, if there is a dream uh, in the strategic culture of Turkey, Uh, this is actually not the hegemony, uh, not the, uh, uh, all these imperial ambitions, but the balance holding role. Uh, actually, uh, one of the uh, pillars of Turkish defense, security and foreign policy, even uh, since the 19th century, it has a long history and strategic culture uh, related to balance of power. Um, So uh, I want to uh, uh, add my uh, this this uh, my answer of this uh, second question by uh, underlining that this in this uh, framework in this frame in this picture uh, we cannot be sure about risk-free I mean regional. Uh, because it is a very risky environment, you know, you sure. can see no hegemon, no regional order, uh, competitors, I mean, coming from Europe, coming from Gulf, coming from China, I mean, Pacific, uh, uh, new players, uh, fragile, fragile, and um, so, very, so let's, uh, let's, if I may. Vishne, if I may, let's zoom in just for a minute before we finish this segment because Sorry. we're coming almost to the end of this segment. <laughs> so let's quickly zoom in on Lebanon, which was in the news uh, after this yeah. uh, one-year anniversary of the explosion. And I, yes. I said I interviewed one of my colleagues uh, from, from Beirut. And then if you would uh, maybe just uh, finish up on what's going on in Syria. Uh, I'd really appreciate your insights then to finish up this segment. Let's start with Lebanon and then maybe Syria to give us some of this larger context that you were talking about. Okay, so please, um, uh, in, the, in, this, in this framework, in this picture, we don't be sure about uh, uh, leaving risks aside. It is why one of Turkish um, uh, proposal uh, related to regional security is uh, having an inclusive conference about East Mediterranean conflicts and disagreements, which includes which will include every member 
of the every actor of the region, including Lebanon. The situation is in Lebanon is very fragile. It is not because of just because of the, the Eastern Mediterranean classical issues which affect Turkish, European, Turkish, uh, American, Turkish, Russian relations. It is also because of the competition between uh, Iran and the others. Uh, Vienna yes. uh, negotiations uh, negotiations in Vienna are continuing. Uh, Biden administration, when uh, it uh, came to power, uh, promised that okay, US will return to nuclear deal very soon. Uh, Iranians, I think, wanted to uh, at the time, and still they want to return back to. A nuclear deal, but nothing happened. Despite of the constructive role played by the Europeans, I mean, France yeah. tried hard. I mean, uh, Europeans tried hard, but nothing happened. And the Trump policies, actually under Biden administration, in different package uh, with different, I mean, all uh, uh, ornaments, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, the Trump policies are continuing towards Iran. And this makes Iran more anxious, more uh, nervous. Uh, and sure. uh, from some point, from some point to other, uh, Tehran wanted to um, uh, show the signals that she has capacity to resist and she has capacity to create costs. Uh, Lebanon is unfortunately one of the areas of it. Uh, and it, it is the situation. Syria is the another area of it, and but the Syrian situation is more complex than Lebanon because I, we have it's, different it's parties so, it, with it, different it's difficult objectives. To give, yeah, it's difficult to give in such yeah. a short space of time. But let's it's, finish up with yes. with, with Syria. And, and if you would give me your take on Syria from a Turkish perspective, what uh, and how you know Turkey is, uh, you know, uh, how, how does Turkey see the situation and how can maybe we, you know, because they're talking about a reconstruction effort and I know Turkey I think will be involved in that having uh, such great capacity and in, in, in construction. Uh, yeah. If we could, if we could it, end on that. Um, hmm? That is a very good point. Uh, actually, Astana process is continuing. Yes. And okay. one of the Astana uh, principles is related to territorial integrity of Syria. So Turkey is uh, committing to territorial integrity of Syria, but she faced with different threats, starting from uh, terrorist uh, attacks to refugee uh, waves. Of course. So, yes. And, uh, and both if we think about terrorism, radicalism, and refugee waves, uh, actually Turkey is a gatekeeper of Western European security in this regard because uh, Syria is one of the one of the front of new wars. Uh, yeah. Different actors there. Uh, it is not only related to U.S. and Russian decisions, but I think U.S. and Russia 
even today they are not uh, at the same page related to Syrian future and they uh, don't agree they don't reach any agreement about the red lines in Syria that is why there is room for regime there is room for uh, Iran there is room there are room for radical organizations including PYD mm. but not only that so Turkey as a capable actor actually provides security of Turkey and the West at the same time simultaneously because she is capable of this. Uh, she is capable of uh, doing that uh, militarily but, and also she is capable of doing that uh, throughout diplomacy because she has uh bargaining so, yeah. positions and chips at the face of russia iran and usa separately uh, but it is a long and uh, very hard uh, geopolitical area if not we already uh, we don't talk about syria for 10 years uh, so uh, i think we are not at the end of the game still no, uh, no, I don't think we are either. Was, and then there's the energy issue, if I may just interject quickly to finish up this yeah. segment. I know it's, I'm, I'm giving you not a lot of time uh, to, you know, if we were to talk about the energy issue, but that would be, require a whole new segment. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I just did, wanted to touch on some energy issues or energy security and how Turkey has okay. discovered, you know, uh, very quickly, Black Sea okay. and Mediterranean very quickly. Just four points then. Uh, one, uh, energy discovery in Black Sea um, actually strengthened bargaining hand of Turkey at the face of all the actors, including Russia, because we are yes. coming at the end of uh, contracts, uh, natural gas contracts. And not only that, Turkey now uh, one of the energy uh, power. Uh, I don't... Uh, uh, want to mention the uh, how how long it uh, will take or how long it uh, uh, it uh, continue to uh, uh, be part of the market etc etc. Uh, apart from these technical details, she is now having uh, resources in Lexi and this uh, strengthened uh, bargaining hand of Turkey at the face. So uh, all the uh, producers and <coughs> other consumers and transit actors uh, related to <coughs> uh, Russia-Turkey energy relations. Uh, we know uh, Turkey is part of Turk Stream project. Turkey is part of Baku. Uh, uh, Jehan project, uh, which means Tap and Talab. So, Turkey is part of uh, energy or gas diversification story of uh, Europe. So, Turkey is uh, one of the stones of uh, European energy security. This is the second point, and it is continuing. And uh, Turkish bargaining position, when it is strengthened, it is also part of. Uh, European security, energy security strategy. Uh, please uh, remember this point. Uh, 
uh, Eastern Mediterranean, Eastern Mediterranean uh, energy issue is uh, a rather complex one because of this delimitation of maritime uh, authority zones uh, problem. And it is why Turkey's proposal of having a conference on it uh, is important. But Turkey's point is clear. Turkey wants a just and um, uh, uh, just uh, allocation of these uh, resources uh, uh, because uh, there are issues related to islands and the mainland uh, state. I attended some very interesting conferences in Washington and I've been watching online and just this delimitation and even for our podcast, uh, the podcast art that I showed was, you know, all these different lines drawing between and of course Turkey has the longest coastline in the eastern Mediterranean. Longest coast, yes. Let, let, let's finish uh, so, up with your last point. And the, the last point, uh, Turkey uh, is today uh, continuing to search uh, energy resources is, uh, in Eastern Mediterranean because she is capable of it. I don't mean I mean she is capable because she has a great military soldiers uh, money as no she has research vessels. I mean she uh, yes. invested them. Uh, they are national. Uh, uh, capabilities. So by these civil capabilities, Turkey and these civil capabilities can be can be uh, research capabilities of other states also, other regional states, because it is an economy, open market, you know. Uh, so Turkey, it is why Turkey can use these pandemic conditions as opportunity. All the energy uh, companies uh, left the ground open because of the increasing costs of this searching, uh, uh, searching uh, 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 activities. Uh, so this is this is the fourth point. But Black uh, Sea uh, energy game is much more clear and simple. Uh, it's the Mediterranean energy game is much more complex, not because of financial or legal terms, but also because of the continuing geopolitical uh, game there. As uh, I exactly. mentioned, no hegemony, no order, no cooperation today. If we, uh, I, I don't believe there will be hegemon, but there will be order without hegemon if the actors uh, agree on cooperation on certain points, maybe not uh, military or uh, uh, legal points, but let's start with COVID-19 uh, crisis uh, 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 improve, uh, improvement or uh, regeneration uh, or forest fire, uh, struggle against forest fire, and we'll see what will happen uh, future. <laughs> That, that's so nice. Thank you so much. You brought all the beginning, what we started out to the end. And thank you so much for finishing that second segment off. I know it's hard to, you know, limit your time because you have so much to and so much knowledge and uh, expertise to share with us. Thank you so much. And, and so this we finished this second segment, dear Vishne, and I will see you back in the third segment. Sure.
And we're back with segment three of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners with my guest, Dr. Vishne Kokbaz. Vishne, so good to be with you again. Thank you, thank you. It is my pleasure. Thank you so much. I want to mention that Turkey is one of our top 10 listeners of this podcast, and I want to say a big hello to our Turkish listeners today. Uh, yes, merhaba. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, I was going to uh, say, if you want to say a few words maybe in Turkish for your Turkish audience. Ah, yeah. Bu çok güzel bir broadcast. Lütfen izlemeye devam edelim. I say it is a beautiful, I mean, very informative broadcast. And uh, please uh, join us. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that very much. All right. So this third and last segment, dear Vishya, I know we we have so much to say, and I was just saying yeah. we should do another podcast together. And I apologize for the short time, but it's a different yeah, format, so- as as you know. So so here's segment three in the title I have chosen, and then I'll do a quote, and then we'll uh, do our, our third segment together. So the third segment is about outside players, and you've sort of touched on some of these players, regional powers in the Eastern Mediterranean, the US, China, Russia, and Iran, which you have touched on. So um, I'd like to just uh, start off this discussion with a quote from President Macron, and I'll read it in French because I know we have French listeners in our podcast, and then of course I'll translate it. The President Macron said, La Chine a une véritable génie diplomatique pour jouer de nos divisions et de nous affaiblir. And I will translate now this quote. China has a real genius, a diplomatic genius, to play us against each other on our divisions and to weaken us. So uh, I'd like to just get a comment uh, from you on that, Vishne. And then in this segment, we'll talk about um, the Belt Road Initiative of Uh China. And I'd like to get your take on it, but maybe first of all, on the quote of President Macron, what do you think? Is that true? Um, Yeah, Macron has right. Uh, But China uh, um, behave like rational actor, like Russia, and use the weakness, the divisions within the uh, European partners in uh, Eastern Mediterranean, in Black Sea, in Africa, in other parts, in Gulf now, maybe, uh, in other parts of the world. Uh, so Macron uh, uh, actually touched a right point in terms of uh, describing the sickness, uh, but the prescription, I don't know uh, whether he uh, uh, fa- he found uh, till today or uh, anybody. I, I don't want to uh, criticize Macron at that point. It is, it's a difficult situation and uh, it is beyond Macron, it is beyond France, it is beyond Turkey, it is beyond Ankara or uh, Washington DC. But uh, I want to refer one of the articles which uh, we wrote together with Professor Güney, Nurshin Ateşoğlu Güney. Uh, 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 yes. Uh, 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 in inside Turkey, and uh, we uh, uh, in this paper we argued that uh, one of the greatest mistake that U.S. made during the Obama administration uh, uh, was related to Eastern Mediterranean situation. Please um, uh, call back the 2009 
Obama administration policies related to Ismet Biden at that time actually went to Cyprus and tried to uh, create an atmosphere, a dialogue atmosphere between the two communities uh, because uh, Obama administration wanted to use newly discovered gas resources in Eastern Mediterranean as a carrot to provide, uh, to push the sites together into a regional dialogue, to solve the situation and uh, uh, find uh, a way for Israel natural gas throughout Cyprus, throughout Turkey's Cypriot part to uh, Turkey and to Europe. And the, the the design of the gas pipeline, I mean, this hypothetical gas pipeline, uh, is not so important uh, for today's story, I think. The important thing is Obama administration tried to solve the, uh, some of the regional problems related to intercommunitarian disputes, related to the limitation of uh, maritime uh, uh, jurisdiction zones, etc. But at one point, uh, Obama administration stopped to invest it. They maybe found that it uh, will be more complex uh, than what they expect. At one point, maybe they thought that it will be difficult for uh, U.S. to bring all these sites together and uh, to finance, uh, because all these mediation efforts need financial rewards and opportunities to each of the actors, not just one of the actors, for each of the actors. Uh, Nevertheless, we uh, maybe never know the actual background of the story, but uh, it was one of the faults uh, that Obama uh, actually, one of the strategic mistakes that Obama administration actually uh, realized because uh, then U.S. just left the East Mediterranean. And what do you expect? All the others <laughs> came. <laughs> if you are capable... Yeah, he left a power and, void. There was a yes, power void, maybe. Yeah. Yes, uh, if you are capable, because maybe to deter the threats, maybe to uh, grab uh, some uh, rewards, uh, maybe to have some partners, you just jump to the situation. And there are all these, I mean, uh, 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 from one uh, time to another since 2011, uh, we have different opportunities. We have Syria, we have Libya, we have uh, Iraq, we have uh, Egypt. I mean, all these, uh, the, the region became a complex uh, regional institution intra-regional players competition uh, pop Um, and uh, once upon a time uh, I mean 2009 uh, Obama administration could bring uh, some kind of cooperative order there by investing it uh, because great powers invested I mean uh, regional powers regional players Actually, they hope some, they expect some rewards, of course, and they want to uh, uh, come certain uh, security concerns. So they they have different 
uh, concerns and expectations. But this this is the role that great uh, players or great powers play. And Obama administration didn't succeed it. And in Syria, another mistake he did. And Russia. Russians came to the scene in 2015, and all the story I think, uh, we think together with uh, Dr. Gunay, we think all the story changed. At that time, uh, together with penetration of great powers to the region, and together with you ask uh, one world, uh, one bad one world initiative, and together with this one bad one road initiative uh, investment of china to uh, israel to egypt to greece to uh, one bad one, the, the african continent uh, is not part of one bad one road initiative but we can take the investments to them to the strategic sure. critical infrastructure of these capitals also together with uh, this one bad one road initiative also uh, russia became a new military player in eastern mediterranean she sent um, missiles she sent uh, naval capabilities she sent uh, uh, aircrafts her aircrafts uh, and china sent her money maybe mercenaries uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, some uh, private uh, security uh, firms yes. i mean uh, so uh, she sent human resources i mean engineers uh, advisors uh, so now this i mean eastern mediterranean and eastern mediterranean please um within parenthesis i have to say eastern mediterranean is not the only region that such kind of play happen look to the gulf and please, uh, I want to underline that, uh, uh, you know, European Union has a um, uh, project, uh, EU uh, GCC free trade area, maybe since 10, uh, I mean, uh, uh, for 10 years, I mean, since 2000, to th maybe uh, before that, see, uh, since uh, 1997 or something like that. Okay. And nothing happened, but China succeeded to <laughs> conclude a free trade ag uh, area agreement with the GCC uh, uh, states. Okay. So, uh, with GCC, so uh, we face with such kind of situation. So, Macron has rights, uh, and Macron uh, or France or uh, any European players, maybe, uh, is not part of this fault, this mistake, uh, because great powers actually miscalculate the situation. And for most okay. USA, uh, and uh, again, uh, in this article, uh, we. Uh, uh, we structured the competition in the region uh, into three axes. Uh, these three axes maybe did not created by US, but from some point to another, used by different US administrations as a 
vehicle, as an instrument to penetrate in Eastern Mediterranean. Of course, you can ask uh, whether she has uh, needs such kind of instrument. She has sixth, uh, I mean, uh, she has naval uh, force. Uh, yeah. uh, there are six fleet there, but uh, I mean, you know, uh, I mean. Uh, Faced with Russian and U.S. or Chinese or U.S. China has no uh, such kind of instrument there, but facing with other uh, actors with such kind of uh, military uh, instrument created cost. So U.S. since the uh, Obama administration, I think it it was true also for uh, Trump administration and for Biden administration, try to retreat, try to withdraw her uh, outside uh, uh, forces, uh, foreign forces to uh, U.S. And that is why U.S. use these instruments as cost-free, I mean risk-free uh, vehicles. One uh, axis we mentioned uh, is uh, the famous uh, energy axis you mentioned, uh, yes. gas forum. Uh, it was not created by U.S., but at one point it was uh, uh, supported by U.S. Um, uh, we know it was exclusionary uh, club, and it uh, it did not uh, it 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 uh, does not cover Turkey, Turkish Cypriots, uh, and Russia, of course, because Russia uh, also uh, one of the player, uh, whether legitimate or illegitimate doesn't matter. But in Syria, Russian presence has legitimate uh, points. It is not like Ukraine or Crimean case because there is uh, there was call of regime. Uh, Syrian regime. Uh, so uh, that is why. Uh, so uh, yeah. So this is why uh, Eastern uh, Mediterranean Gas Forum has exclusionary uh, has uh, exclusionary nature, uh, it, and because of this reason, because of this nature, it can be easily seen as a mechanism against uh, some actors, and yes. uh, actually it can create a reaction from the other <laughs> actors. It can make Turkey. I mean, Iran, Russia, uh, Turkey, Cypriots closer to each other. I mean, how? What kind of strategic mindset that yeah, right. uh, invests such kind of points? I mean, again, Macron so. has right <laughs> at that point. I mean, the rival actors, the challengers, can use uh, this division. Uh, this exclusionary to their advantage. Uh, frameworks for their advantage. Uh, and it is why the inclusive mechanisms, uh, even if we uh, agree on our disagreements, the, the inclusive mechanisms uh, have certain advantages and we should think about it. I think we have close to uh, we uh, <laughs> uh, close to running uh, our time. That is why I want yeah. to give so, my message, yeah. a positive message at that. <laughs> Ex excellent. So I, I will. I wanted to ask you for your concluding remarks, and 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 uh, just once again, 
say that what, what is Turkey's policy on this uh, one belt, one road? And do you see, uh, dear Vishne, do you see the belt, uh, one belt, one road uh, as a new international order uh, in, you know, from a Turkish perspective? Perhaps we can end on that note. I know you wanted to end on a positive note. I don't know if that's it, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, no, 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 of course. Well, if Uh, we take one belt one road as an investment project of course Turkey is yeah it, it is also an investment project yeah, right yeah, we have, yes. Uh, so, yes, it, so is. it brings certain opportunities uh, it uh, makes uh, Uh, for example, Turkey, some Central Asian countries, Chinese trade much more easy because of investment to infrastructure. Uh, it also can uh, make uh, Turkish, Iranian, Chinese, I mean, into all these intra-regional uh, actors trade play much more easy, less costly. Uh, so uh, Turkey is happy, of course, to see such kind of investment. Uh, also, she is part of it, like uh, some other countries. But um, I mean, um, now uh, arguing that China uh, try to form maybe Chinese, uh, they, maybe they want to form uh, a alternative international order, but using just such. Uh, one road, one road initiative, which is also very debatable initiative because we don't know how it is uh, financed, especially in certain part of the uh, world, especially the Southeast Asian states or some European, small European countries. Uh, we don't know, uh, in, uh, as I said, uh, it is a broad framework, not just uh, uh, one world, one world initiatives. Think about critical infrastructure investment or these uh, mercenaries, etc. in Africa. Uh, I don't know how China wants to form, uh, what kind of order China wants to form by using this initiative. It is very blurred and not so promising in for uh, several parts of the world. As an investment project, it is good. And maybe uh, this I mean, blurred uh, vision or blurred strategy uh, can be intentionally adapted by Chinese uh, foreign, minister, uh, foreign uh, decision-making authorities because ambiguity, Uh, create uh, 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 a useful atmosphere uh, to use certain opportunities or to um, uh, 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 avoid uh, from certain risks. Uh, but I think China uh, has will have to uh, act in more uh, clear paths uh, because now. Uh, she's uh, accepted as one of the great powers, despite of certain limitations. Uh, we talk about Russia as great power. Yes, Russia is great power. Uh, China uh, is great power. But they actually regional players, mostly, and to have uh, other to have access to other regions, you they have to make their ambitions, their dreams, their strategic plans much more clear. And 
uh, as a great power uh, china have to act has to act uh, in much more sincere way i think and it will uh, create certain other limitation to her uh, one thing i uh, should mention uh, i think new geopolitics is about connectivity control it is not about territorial control it is not about resources it's all about connectivity control and all the players great powers all the small powers or regional pl- uh, players try to have much more, more access over these connectivity lines china is not a, 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 i mean unusual uh, uh, entity or unusual uh, uh, creature in this sense uh, mm-hmm. she wants the same thing uh, but but uh, of course uh, with this I mean, uh, ambition, uh, she creates more uh, suspicions uh, related to her uh, ambitions. And uh, that is the point, I think, that is the tricky point. For the Eastern Mediterranean, uh, she is now uh, an economic actor, uh, but uh, the real uh, Chinese-US, I think, competition is about Chinese ambitions and capabilities in Pacific, not in Eastern Mediterranean or Black Sea. Right. But I remember one thing, uh, maybe uh, okay. we can see the concerns of US related to Chinese presence in Eastern Mediterranean by giving one example. Uh, I remember that Pompeo's visit, I remember Pompeo's visit to Israel and uh, US uh, put pressure on Israeli authorities to calm down uh, Israeli-Chinese relations. So we can understand how uh, US uh, see the story, all this Chinese story, from which perspective, from this expa- example, sorry. <laughs> No, that's wonderful. That's a nice way to end it because obviously this subject is so vast and I want to thank you so much, dear Vishne, uh, for joining me again on this third segment and on this podcast, which I'm sure our listeners, both in Turkey and in France and around these 37 countries where we're listened to, will enjoy this so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today, Vishne. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad uh, that you invite me uh, and give this opportunity. Teşekkürler. Uh, uh, see you, uh, inshallah, uh, in, the, uh, 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 in the coming days. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>